This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, what's happening? This is TC Carson, and you are listening to ACMG's Talk Time Live. And this is Kratos. Keep listening. Previously on Talk Time Live exclusive. In the games gallery mode, which I love that you guys added a gallery mode to show your, your like fantastic work in here. Uh, there is, I noticed that there were some character concepts that did not make it into the game. Was that due to time constraints or was it not fitting uh, the narrative of this in the story? Uh, well, mainly uh, uh, production uh, constraint because mm-hmm. uh, I had to animate everything by myself. Yeah, and so this is a lot of enemies, a lot of characters. Like there is like five uh, playable characters, which is a lot. And um, so yeah, there is a lot of enemies that I could have uh, been into the game, but uh, since they were not uh, responding to a particular gameplay need. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was best to avoid uh, to put a lot of pressure on production animation. I mean, yeah. Was there anything else that you that was left out of the game that you wanted to be on there? If you're if you're able to talk about that, it's time, talk time, let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk. Time. Anime comics, movies and games, the come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, the come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from. And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news, special guests. And unbiased reviews Suburban kids The hipster street dudes All can learn something new Me too I heard worse when no faith is empty I stayed the course So my haters tempt me Beep the podcast That'll make them envy It ain't too trendy It's ACMG Anime, comics, movies and games Come on and let's get it Talk time Anime, comics, movies and games Come on and let's get it Talk time Anime, comics, movies and games Come on and let's get it Talk time Anime, comics, movies and Games to come on and let's get it. Talk time live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Folks, we got some really great stuff to talk about today. And uh, in our talk topic of this week, we're going to be reviewing Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, the final installment of the DC animated 52 universe. So we're going to talk about that at the top of this show. Before I talk about anything else, I want to give a big thanks to Ben Fiquet, who is the CEO of Lizard Cube Game Studio and the art director and artist and he wears many hats doing this but he was the guy I would call him the showrunner or the front runner of the 
game, Streets of Rage 4, the Sega Cult Classic. Got a chance to talk to him. And uh, thank you to all the listeners and new listeners that has uh, been on the show to talk, uh, who listened to the show and downloaded the show. We got a hike in our listenership this week because of that. And it goes to show how really well that game is loved and how much great work they put onto it. And if you haven't listened to it, you heard a clip just a minute ago. Um, we got a chance to talk about his work on it, his, uh, you know, his involvement with it, um, as well as, you know, how COVID-19 is affecting him. And will we see more content? So all of that is there. If you haven't got a chance to check it out, go out of your way to check it out. It's on TalkTimeLive.com right now. If you subscribe to any of our uh platforms we're on all major platforms as you know so you can find it anywhere and download it there for acmg presents talk time live so thank thank you ben it's been a honor and a pleasure to have you on and definitely we're going to have you on again um i really like the fact that not only he looked out for the little guys like myself but he also you know appreciated what i've done he's he actually listened he told me he actually listened to some of the older um the other interviews that I've done, especially with game developers, and he really enjoyed it. So he was more than ready to come on. I do want to point out, I had a really, really big snap poo during that interview. And it wasn't from, you know, the questions or whatever, like out of the conversation. It was a technical difficulty that I had. If you heard it and it sounded like I was literally social, uh, like social distancing with him because it was an echo going on. And this, if you heard the last week, if you heard last week's episode with, um, Troy with Tracy Dory as well, it happened there. And it, it stemmed from that, from that, uh, episode last week, because what happened and I was, it really bummed me out the entire week that this happened. Cause I really like to make sure that the audio quality is good in every episode. And to, to some extent, it wasn't all bad. It could have been much worse. Um, it was clear and concise, but it just had that echo sound like I was in a background in a sense. But at least Ben was Ben and Tracy were both in the foreground and you could hear them. And they're to me a little bit more important than me in this in this case. So um, it's best to hear from them more than you hear from me. But I usually try to make sure that audio quality is better now basically what happened was when i was with tracy i was going to do video chat on skype what i didn't know is that my logitech webcam which i never use ever 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 use that cam actually has a microphone in itself so along with my blue yeti mic it both both of them are picking up sound so now that's why you're hearing a faraway sound and a close sound so you hear that clear and concise of the blue yeti but you're hearing this faraway sound too so it wasn't until i figured it out and, and unhooked it is when I got that audio back and I did a few tests and I still need to do a few more tests to make sure that it's all good but you know from this point on you shouldn't hear any more uh any more far away social distancing echoing sounds on interviews at all or when I'm doing Skype interviews or whatever so that is done that is, that that has been troubleshoot uh troubleshot and you know, of course, I'm recording now, and there's a difference between when I record by myself and when I record using everything because I'm not using any of the other, you know, attachments or anything for it. So it's just me and the Blue Yeti, which is my best friend right now when it comes to these shows. And I, it really bummed me out. It really bummed me out because I like to make sure that every episode we've done like over 40 interviews 
And again, you, which you can check out on TalkTimeLive.com forward slash exclusive. If you listen to all those, you notice that the audio is really, really good in those. And then this one is just like, it's okay <laughs> at best. It's okay. So I was bummed out because I really like it. But then all this news came this week and that put a different perspective at me right now because at least I got this interview out and at least it was good enough that we had a great conversation and all the stuff and it could have been far worse but with all the news that's going on this week and all the unfortunate news that's going on outside of our favorite fandoms I had to pull back on my little woe story my little sob story because that's all it is the interview actually overall and in comparison to all the unfortunate news that's going on it's more than okay so I'm bare with it but all the news that's going on like we lost two legends this week we had an unfortunate situation that is finally being brought to light. And all of them pertaining to my people, my community, and my culture. You know, rest in peace, Andre Harrell, the legendary uh, music producer. Rest in peace to one of the greatest of all time, Little Richard. And rest in peace to Ahmad Aubrey. I, 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 I can't even stress the amount of situations you know the amount of stress and and just having to fathom what has happened and the fact that they finally caught this guy and i won't get too deep on it because i know everybody's heard about it if you haven't heard about it look up ahmad aubrey ahmad spell a h m a u d aubrey spell a r b e r y and ask us why we are always afraid sometimes to go outside and live carefree like other people who got the privilege to live carefree. It's just horrible news. And I'm just glad that they found the two that murdered him. And I hope that they that it's true justice actually happens. And it's just a light of what we all need to do. And now now that people finally seen light there's memorials happening just like you would see with Trayvon Martin but here's the thing and I'm going to just cut it right after this Trayvon Ahmad didn't die from wearing a hoodie or or jogging that's what was that was some circumstance that was some symbol circumstances I guess I could call it they died because they were black Plain and simple. They died because they were black. That means I could die because I'm black. That means my people can go through the same thing, depending on where you live at or whatever happens or what goes on with the cops. It can happen and it shouldn't happen. And we instead of people, you know, jogging in memorial and wearing hoodies in memorial, how about we all, not just, you know, white people or other ethnicities, us too, why don't we all? work together to try to end racism to put in the laws needed to protect people to scare them into doing not doing stuff like this i just put a clip on my facebook page with little richard god rest his soul truly the greatest of all time and there wouldn't be no elvis if not for people like him it wouldn't be rock and roll if not for people like him he was in a movie uh, what was the movie called? I forgot. I just posted it up. Um, for God's sakes. And um, 
Down and Out in Beverly Hills. There's a movie where Richard, I believe Richard Dreyfus is actually coming out of his mansion. And there's a helicopter at the top. There's cops coming with dogs. There's a camera out front. And all of a sudden, coming across, screaming his lungs off, is Little Richard, who's expressing his disdain for the fact that he has... He's never had this type of attention from the cops when he got robbed in his house. And this is an actual scene from the movie. And he goes on the camera. He goes to the cameraman and the cameraman is recording him. And he's talking about how when he got robbed, he got robbed at his his mansion, his three million dollar mansion that he just paid for in this scene uh, where he got robbed. And he it took him it took cops 20 minutes to get to the house. He he's saying he said there was no helicopters, which in the scene there really is helicopters there. Um, there there are attack, you know, there are um, police dogs, there you know stuff like it. It's just all this is happening, and he's letting it all out. And in the scene, you'll see like all these dogs are looking at him and as a threat. It's a really really intri- intriguing um, scene on that movie. Very uh, it's, it's very intriguing, um, but it all sums up you know his death and it all sums up everything that is going on this entire of all last week because it's sunday now so it's a new week um it, it just sums up everything that just happened last week and you know again rest in peace to him rest in peace to andre Hurrah, rest in peace to Ama arbery and rest in peace to every single person who has suffered and been antagonized and has died due to these unfortunate certain unreasonable and circumstances that should have never happened we as a society we as country we as humans need to do much 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 better there's nothing else really to be said other than that so i'll just leave it at that folks like i said we got a lot of well not a lot of things we got some things to talk about in the world of our favorite fandoms and and at the top of the show we got justice league dark apocalypse war so we're going to talk about that so let's not waste any more time Actually, just for the record, that's not wasting time. We needed to talk about that. But I digress. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. so the biggest news that came out this week in all of our favorite fandoms is in fact from NetherRealm Studios who announced a brand new DLC expansion pack for Mortal Kombat 11 called Aftermath nobody saw this coming this was totally out of the blue and if you guys remember if I if you guys recall way back I reviewed Mortal Kombat 11 I absolutely loved that game it was the fighting game of the year without a doubt and absolutely because of this expansion pack it may be the fighting game of the year again solely because that this is this expansion pack includes an entire new story based on the aftermath there you go of everything that's happened in the original main story so technically this is somewhat of a sequel technically you could say that this is kind of mortal kombat 12 in this and in, in a sense uh there's no telling how long the story mode is but it is i am all for this i mean it is unbelievable and i talked about how nether realm kind of dropped a ball in a sense of 
not of just revealing things because they let us know what we're getting beforehand but they didn't give it that impact that surprise that shock value that we had when injustice came out and they announced when the teenage mutant ninja turtles came out and i remember when it and we talked about this many times that announcement at e-league when they did the injustice tournament midnight 12 o'clock midnight and they announced the new characters that were going to be on the game nobody knew who was going to be what it was going to be and lo and behold it was revealed as the teenage mutant ninja turtles and everybody went crazy you could i mean people in that studio went crazy in the tournament people around the world i think i woke up people like out of the it was it was it was at that final fantasy 7 remake level not to the point that we cried because that was a whole nother thing that was years and years of built up <laughs> emotion right there but it was a huge out of nowhere shock and i felt like i was hoping that they would give the same type of feel for mortal kombat 11 and i felt like after all even with spawn as great as that is and as much as i anticipate it and i absolutely love all of the new um dlc characters that have come out it didn't provide that shock value that we that we wanted and it, it would have actually helped them more oh did we get a shock did we get a surprise now because nobody saw an expansion pack with a whole new story coming and this is absolutely awesome and i mean it what this wasn't just the end they added so much more to this as well so in the trailer the story takes place after Liu kang defeated or fire god Liu kang defeated chronica a portal opens up with three figures in the form of shang Tsung, played by carrie hiroyuki tagawa who's reprising his role for as the treacherous sorcerer from the live action version uh from new line cinema way back fujin the god of wind and best friend of raiden and night wolf who now is in the actual story this time so that's awesome so Shang Tsung informs Raiden and Liu Kang that when he destroyed Kronika, he also destroyed the crown that controlled time, which if you guys remember in the story of the original Mortal Kombat 11 story, it was the crown that uh, Jax and Jackie went after and used to defeat one of the, uh, I forget, I, th I think it was the other Jax or whatever. I, for I forgot who um, they were facing at the time when they used that crown, but Liu Kang apparently destroyed it along with Kronika herself. So Shang Tsung wants Liu Kang to send him back uh, to the past to recover the crown and retrieve his secrets. Now, if it was anybody else, I'm sure they would be like, okay, let's do this. Shang Tsung is always, he always has something up his sleeve and it's always skeptical about it. And you know, so Raiden, of course, is skeptical of this. The trailer also shows the debut of Fujin as a playable character, along with Shiva, who we also see in the original story is now gonna be a part of uh, the new Aftermath story. The story also reveals the resurrection of Sindel. So this is gonna be interesting because the deal is that if you play the arcade mode of Mortal Kombat 11, then you and you saw the end the end story you saw that she actually helped the plot kill her husband katana's father and king of uh i believe is netherrealm that uh she there they were a part of so it will be interesting to see if they will follow up with that or whether that that actual ending was in fact a what if uh you know type of story narrative to that so but the biggest news 
that came out of this. And this was the shocker. This was the complete shocker because I love it because Shang Tsung is like, you never know what's going to happen when we try to, you know, change up things. And lo and behold, they cut to a scene where there's a cop saying, 1010, we need uh, we need backup. Lo and behold, of all people to come out of this, the biggest surprise of this entire thing is the appearance of RoboCop. I don't know who asked for RoboCop, and I'm not complaining at all. I think this is an awesome addition to the game since they already got cyborgs and whatnot. So, and all those cyborgs are probably inspired by RoboCop anyway. So it's it is going to be really interesting to have. Not only that, but the cherry on top of this is that playing doing the voice of RoboCop is the original actor who played RoboCop. Peter Weller is in fact the damn voice of this uh, RoboCop here. So we're getting full authenticity here. Uh, we got. Shang Tsung played by uh, Kari uh, Hidoyuki uh, Tagawa we now have Spawn played by Keith David and now we have Robocop played by Peter Weller this is I am I, I can't speak for everybody else but I am very much welcoming this I already pre-ordered this game so I am ready for this to come um, there's more surprises as well also announced new added stages the return of stage fatalities which i love so you got the pit back um and uh, some other things as well and friendships which in fact are all free updates outside of the expansion so even if you didn't get the expansion pack you will be getting all of this for free that's awesome so pre-order now like i did and you also get the eternal clash skin pack uh which is some really cool skins for uh, i i don't know how many people have it, but they showed um sub-zero scorpion i forgot who the other person that they showed as well but uh it would be interesting I, I love this i love this for those who already own it like myself the uh on the original full game like myself the expansion pack will cost 39.99 i'm a, i look i already invested I, I i don't think i'm gonna have a bad investment here i'll be surprised but of course you'll know because i'm gonna review the hell out of that damn thing when it comes out so stay tuned for that but for those who have yet to get the game and i don't know why you haven't but maybe actually this is probably the reason and kudos to you because of this the game has a great deal ahead right now and this is i guess this is now their like ultimate pack we we talk about this before netherrealm always does this in the sense that they you know have all the dlc out and then they'll sell the whole entire thing in its entirety for all one lump price one good lump price they outdid themselves here you know i i'm not necessarily mad at the fact that i technically and, and it's in a, in a sense that i paid more for this um but i do like that they look at they want people to do it and you got to also consider this is we're in a COVID 19 society right now so not everybody can pay uh the price that they want and i think that's more considerate than anything and i think if i have a feeling had it not been uh COVID 19 uh right now and we're, we're going through all this that they, this might have been they would have charged a little bit more for this but for the for the entire game in its entirety you will be paying 49.99 which includes the original full game the first season dlc pack plus the new expansion pack that's really good and again if it if it wasn't for the fact of what's going on today i wouldn't mind it but the reality is they want to still make profit 
and we have people who may not be able to afford like that full game uh fee you know it 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 it, it just just reality we got people who have lost their jobs right now we got people who may not be able to afford it but want it so they want people to be able to have that experience or the entire experience alone and i gotta tell you if you need something new to play and if you haven't played mortal Kombat and you are a fighting game fan of sorts you this is not a bad deal at all you're getting two games two full games at once and technically speaking this is two different game experiences with more characters more options more game experiences and a hell of a um, loaded roster and i mean a loaded roster to me in my mind this new expansion pack just reinvigorated the game as a new game itself like to me this is a sequel so and added with the new stages and everything and the fatalities and the friendships which is now back as well then technically this is a new game experience so this can be revoted back in as game of the year in my opinion if you reinvigorate the game like that i can't speak for jeff keighley or whatever but if you reinvigorate a game to make it an experience that you didn't have for the first time around that to me is it, it, it i think it for me is valid to re-enter it as a brand new game with a whole new story and narrative and such so i'm all for this i'm looking forward to this the game will be released the expansion will be it will arrive on may 26th the end of this month um and again this is another thing i why i believe COVID 19 uh is affecting the price that they um are charging for the full game uh experience here because due to COVID 19 this will be a digital only purchase at this time uh much like square enix and other game companies um they cannot be in they cannot manufacture the game they have to be in studio factories are closed due to COVID 19 so this is a tough deal so digital is the only way to go and not to toot my own horn but this is another reason why i am a digital advocate i i fully cannot like i i this is why i don't like one just one of many reasons why i don't like uh getting physical copies but the fact that we have another way and another option is always great and maybe this will this will maybe you know assimilate people into digital downloading in this case you know it just helps out it, if we, had we not had digital download distribution and we, we that means we wouldn't be able to play any new games at all and that means people would go the hell crazy um so just consider that consider how grateful another option like this is um that week is going to be a crazy week because a lot of things i think is coming out in may as well including the new agents of shield season starts on may 27 which is the day after so it's going to be awesome i'm looking forward to this uh i'm absolutely looking forward to this last bit of news i wanted to talk about is the new show from the creators of from the creators of um rick and morty that is solar opposites and let me tell you let me tell you man i actually actually really really enjoyed it but surprisingly not as much as i would have you know as i as i would like i was expecting something i was hoping for something totally new that i didn't get from the original rick and marty series you know justin rollin you know created this series as well as he created he was co-creating uh rick and marty as well and he co-created this too because i believe uh somebody else also has a name on this uh mike uh, mike mcmahon 
actually. So I, you know, the first eight episodes, which they consider the first season, I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it no more or no less than I did with Rick and Morty. It virtually actually it is literally the same thing with somewhat of a different premise and it's an easy to understand premise like i said before when we uh, when they talked about this with the trailer and it's basically a family of aliens who move uh to middle america where they debate whether life is better uh there or on their planet because they crash landed on this planet so they decided to live on this planet to hopefully uh find a way to get back there's some really really uh interesting characters uh justin Rowland uh plays corvo on here and uh there's another character uh yum lock uh, yum you lock by sean glambone uh brown from um the goldbergs and he, i think he's the one to me that stuck stick out because i already know what justin Rollins done i've never heard well actually that's not true i've heard uh sean uh glambone play other things before but this this show this show is a rated r version a, a, or a tvma version of what rick and morty it, like you thought if you thought rick and morty goes to the goes to a provocative level this show goes even further because they because they're on, exclusively on hulu they're allowed to do things that they will never be able to do or say on cartoon network or an adult swim never and adult swim is kind of risque this just goes and breaks that wall <laughs> that glass ceiling so i mean that will be the only contrast from it but like the the premise the narrative all are very similar to that of rick and marty like it's, it's this can easily be a spinoff to that show um but seeing these this this alien family try to assimilate and adjust to american society is quite funny but they and they do an awful lot of weird science fiction type things as well uh that is funny too i think what really you know separates the two shows is the fact that there are three different stories that is going on in each episode one that involves uh corvo and um i forgot the guy's name uh corvo and whatever uh the other alien character is that he's named um because they don't really are they do they really show that on imdb no they don't really um but you know justin rollins plays i believe two characters in there and i, I don't know if it's two of the main characters in there but it's, it's a focus on the two main characters that's one story that the show focuses on then it's um yum Yulak and just i believe jesse i believe is her name uh which is the two kids so their storyline involves them you know assimilate uh like adjusting and assimilating into high school life with kids and everything and every once in a while yummy lock tends to he tends to shrink annoying people in the world and put them in this whole new world this little micro world and that he makes for himself that he's created for himself and these guys in order to survive they created this microcosmic world and like within themselves to survive and they've been trying to get back into you know order of things so then that there's that storyline because all of the humans that he shrunk has created a new society of themselves to survive you know and it 
there's one particular episode, this episode seven, which I really like because it reminds me of uh, my favorite episode on Rick and Morty, which is the Citadel episode. I forgot what that name of that episode is called, but um, it's where all the Ricks and all the Mortys are living. You know, they go. They, there's nothing about Rick and Morty. It's just about all of the Ricks and the Mortys in the Citadel and, and, and just a day in the life of all of them and the cops and everything. And, you know, how crooked the cops are. It, it, it's a reflection of what goes on in the real world. Um, they have an episode just like that, which is episode seven. And it, there's a huge, huge twist in that episode that is really, really good. And you don't see it coming. They treat it like a motion uh, picture, um, like a Hollywood mo- a motion picture film. Uh, and I, it, it's really cool. So it's not that is, it's, it's, I say it's really, really good. If you're a Rick and Morty fan, you'll love it because it's just honestly it really it really feels like it's just more of the same um if you're not a rick and morty fan then you probably won't like it either because it, it, it it's more of the same so if you didn't like rick and morty you're not gonna like this it just it has the same sort of kind of uh, dialogue and narrative that you see in there and like i said the only thing that really separates is this like the focus on three the three different you know stories in there but I mean, it's just, I would just say it's an extension to what you already like on on Rick and Morty. So it just, it is really cool. There are some really funny moments in there. And I like the fact that one of the characters, uh, not Koro, but I think the other character wears these t-shirts. Each one of them have something really cool. It's like these really cool uh uh, ironic t-shirts with ironic uh wordings on there um one of my favorites that he has on there is like he just has bacon lettuce tomato on there but my favorite is the one where he kind of makes uh it's kind of a play off of um straight out of compton and it's a straight out of anime (laughs) which is fantastic so yeah i mean they they, i I, it would be really cool because i i would be surprised if we don't see a crossover happening with you know this show and rick and morty it just it has to happen it it just really has to happen here but if like i said if you're a rick and morty fan you'll love it all eight episodes is available now that's considered their first season there is scheduled to they are scheduled to have a second season coming as well with another eight episodes too so and speaking of Rick and Morty, I do want to point out one thing. I I did catch up with the new season and the new episodes. And one of the funniest lines I've heard all year came from this year's season. And at the very end of this episode, and I for, again, forgive me, I forgot about what episode it was, but it was a it was the episode where uh, they all these different ca- uh, guys that were trying to kill Morty, Rick and Morty were on um, were in a train. And at the end of it, it's a toy. It pretty much uh, it turns. There's a scene where like Marty buys a Morty buys a toy train for Rick, and Rick all of a sudden uh, finds out that this <laughs> that the um, train derails, and I guess it's not. It, it can't work. Be and there's blood all over the place. So there's actual real people in here, and rick is talking about he i mean morty's talking about he will he'll return the actual train and, and uh get his money back rick goes on the line and says no what did you not understand what the whole entire story uh, this episode was about they you know breaking the fourth wall and he says no buy another one morty consume morty no one's buying shit because of this virus and that right there he, i love how they slipped that in because it just told us this episode aired like this i think last week it aired last week and it already addresses 
the situation that's going on with COVID-19 and the coronavirus, I thought that was, I'm like, wow, they really, really jumped on this really quickly. They did not waste any time. And I love how he just subtly slipped that in. It was just awesome. So it took me a while to get into the Rick and Marty TV show, but you know, it kind of was just like, it kept coming on and it kept coming on. So it was like, all right, let me just keep watching. But then I started listening to some of the lines and all the things that were going on. I am definitely a fan of this show. It is it is crazy. If you just look at it just visually, you won't get it. If you listen to it, it actually is a very smart and clever show. It is awesome. So that is actually all I have. Of course, this is Corona season. This is uh, the Corona culture right now. So we are actually it's we're not that there's not too much news going on but we luckily we still have some things to talk about this week but we're going to take a break come back and talk about the final installment to the 52 dc animated universe and see how it fared well did it execute everything that was leading up to this and how much did i enjoy it so we'll we'll review that and we'll talk about it right after this Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time live.com talktomlive.com provides all of our acmg content with new and previous episodes exclusive interviews articles and much more visit talktomlive.com and let us help you learn to let go live life and love all things acmg hey this is jeff thorne i am the writer producer showrunner of the avengers black panthers quest tv series and you are listening to acmg presents talk time live do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait. All right, folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, the final installment of the DC 52 animated universe of movies dating back to 2013 when Flashpoint Paradox appeared, leading into the 52 universe movies. And actually, I'm thinking it might have even dated back even before that because there was the, you know, traditional dc universe and one of those movies i think then led into flashpoint paradox which then led into the uh first version of these movies and there were movies coming year after year after that and the crazy part is i forgot that they all kind of connected together and it was like one leading to another movie coming to try to give it that marvel studios formula that they did um it's very interesting because i i forgot about all that that it led it to get all this and now we see everybody come together in what is definitely their end game type of movie experience here so you know unlike certain other companies dc is not afraid to take what it was successful for another company and made it to their own and i'm talking about you vince mcmahon in the wwe of course <laughs> so but nonetheless 
this movie sees John Constantine joining the Justice League. Thanks. Which, by the way, John Constantine in this movie is the main character. He is the main protagonist. It is not Superman. It is not Batman. And there's reasons why. But this is awesome. Uh, Matt, uh, Matt Ryan reprises his role as John Constantine here. So it even makes it even better. Um, but this movie uh, focuses on John Constantine, who is joining the Justice League thanks to his lover and uh, love interest, Zatanna, which I, I guess they did kind of mention that in the uh, other Justice League Dark movie, I guess. Uh, but this leads to a plot led by Superman to overthrow Darkseid's forces once and for all. Uh, Flash who reminds Superman about the danger, the dangers uh, he faced during Paradox, and John Constantine uh, remains skeptical of the, this risk as well because it's risking the lives of uh, humans everywhere on Earth if they reach out to do an attack. Superman's argument to that is that he's going to come anyway, so we might as well just go after him before he comes to us. And they already showed images of other planets that was already uh, infiltrated in you know uh destroyed by him so they're saying let's let's beat him to the punch unfortunately this leads to turmoil because dark side was way ahead of the justice league thanks to his ability to hack into cyborg's mother box capabilities um of course if you guys don't know uh cyborg is a cyborg but it, most of his technology is from that of uh apocalypse so if anybody knows how to compromise his system, it is definitely Darkseid himself. So that just screws everything up. In the middle of this war room meeting, Raven of the Teen Titans is experiencing trouble keeping her father Triton, um, or Trigon, I'm sorry, I said Triton, Trigon in control. So there's that situation. That's another whole story to this whole plot. In the midst of all this, Lex Luthor, which I had no idea was a part of the justice league and i gotta go back to the actual movies of where he ends up being a part of this crew but consequently this was met with an unfortunate loss leading to many of our favorite heroes from justice league teen titans and the titans to their demises uh in or worse the timeline takes you then two years later into a battered and bruised post-apocalyptic future where constantine and uh Itragon are lone survivors in the aftermath of this ambush of Darkseid. Which, of course, you know, he knew what was going on. He decided to go and ambush him, period. It was just crazy. Uh, that is until... We think that they're lone survivors until we see they're met with Superman and Raven, who also survived in the most hard outcome, of course. Superman no longer has his powers after a crucial liquid kryptonite injection that hinders his powers thanks to Darkseid as a way of reminding him of of his decisions to attack them and now you see the air of your ways he's not going to kill him he's going to torture him because all that he's fought for basically has gone to hell and now he gets to witness every day of his of his bad decisions raven in this whole entire situation looks very malnourished but still has her abilities and the two uh come to ask john for help now granted she's still fighting Trigon, who is trying to escape out of her uh, gem that little gem of hers in her head um so that's a whole situation we all we uh in all of this we also learned that constantine 
based on a backstory that they talk about, actually ran away during the war leading to Zatanna's death. Like, he literally left her to die uh, as parademons were mutilating her as she screamed for John's help. That was a... In, that was an insane scene right there i never thought i would see a superhero like run away in fear of dying and then no added to that he left his girl to die the person who said that she loved him he left in fear to die like how or why <laughs> did that even happen I, that's a really interesting um point of character direction that they did for john constantine like that was deep like i that that was very deep <laughs> they did uh they that, I, I, somehow some way we still love john constantine after that whole entire situation it's crazy in all of this <clears throat> batman is now one of dark side's new gods like instead of killing him he decided to make him one of his heralds and is now in control of the Morbius chair, which is based on the Dark Side War comic saga where Batman became a god of knowledge. So they're playing off of that there as well. Uh, meanwhile, Lex Luthor is partially working for Dark Side as one of his new gods as well. And I say partially for a reason, which leads further into the story there. Uh, it's Lex Luthor. Of course, Lex Luthor is the Shang Tsung of the DC universe and vice versa. So um the survivors all meet up with damian wayne who is now taking the helm of Raja ghul he is the demon hand now it which it was that was the whole point of his whole ordeal in the first place and since batman has been taken away by dark side you know what is it left for him to do but to run the league of shadows uh but in a, in a different way he's still more of a protagonist in this case than he is a uh antagonist so this is a more mature grown-up version of damien who now has pure affection and love for his father than he's ever had before he respects and loves his father in this deal he also respects and loves raven and if that's something that was been traced back to the teen titans uh movies that's been come, that was came out a few years back so they're they've always developed that storyline with them on that so you have that right there and uh now they convinced him they convinced uh john to help in order to possibly save his uh oh i'm sorry damien to possibly save his father from dark side so it's up to john and the crew this misfit crew the land of broken uh miss uh what is it, the land of broken toys or whatever like that <laughs> to find the remaining survivors and truly defeat dark side in hopes that they can reign uh, his reign of terror were truly in and hopefully fix whatever has been broken in in earth so uh that is pretty much the story of that and it's a really interesting story they went in a, into a lot of places here that never thought we was we would never see the light of day on a dc film which is crazy because and i'll talk about this how much dc comics and in, in, in the dc brand has changed over the years and it's it's an amazing thing i'm gonna point this out to a video game reference um that has been talked about many times based on uh the dc universe uh back then so favorite performances matt ryan of course is john constantine is the main character of the show and is for a reason i love his performance i thought he stood out just just 
despite the fact that we learned that he ran away letting Zatanna die. That's some just some ill shit. That's really ill. We got Jerry O'Connell, um, who also does a great job, of course, as the son of Krypton. It, it, it always amazes me. I think he's one of my favorite uh, actors in these movies is because he really he has such a range that i never knew jerry o'connell to have when you hear jerry o'connell do interviews or you hear him outside of you know this performance of superman you he has a distinct voice and dialogue and dialect when he plays superman you do not know that he's superman i love actors who have this type of range and i never knew jerry o'connell had this range i've been like i said i've said this before i've been following jerry o'connell and his career since he was a kid since the tv show my secret identity which a lot of people may have not seen it was one of those shows that used to come on local tv like uhf tv kids today that are listening right now don't even know what the hell uhf is <laughs> um but it used to come on those channels on the same channel that Superboy used to come on as well. And I think he used to go on back to back. And he was a kid that had uh, special powers. And the only way he could fly is using aerosol cans. It was weird. But it somehow was an entertaining show at the time. But his career has just gone such a going to such a rise um, even now. So now he's playing a kid that was uh had superpowers to the man with these superpowers so it's awesome that he's able to do this and i'm surprised every interview that i've ever heard him from he's never once mentioned his portrayal in the, in the kid's show uh my secret identity it, it's it's really amazing he's come a such a long way and he's still keeping relevant to this day it's 2020 it's awesome but for him to be able to play this character with this type of range and really convince you that he's Superman. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, Tisa, uh, Tisa, uh, Pharma, Farmega is the dark and cynical, as dark and cynical as ever as, uh, Raven. Uh, she played a pivotal role as well. I thought she did a really well job, a really good job. It could have easily given this to Tara Strong, who also plays her on t the original Teen Titans show and, uh, Teen Titans Go, but I felt that she did a really good job here as well. And, you know, this was her final performance as the uh, dark and cynical, you know, uh, sorceress, I guess. And I felt she really played the part well. Uh, Jason O'Mara has really come into playing the Dark Knight, adding a darker demeanor to him as Darkseid's new god. Um, I remember when the 52 universe started kicking in, the first movie of the 52 where Darkseid even first appeared. And we found out that um, Kevin Conroy wasn't going to be reprising the role of uh, Batman and they gave it to this guy. People had some reserves about him and because we love Kevin Conroy so much. We still love Kevin Conroy so much. I mean, we love him so much that they put him on Crisis on Infinite Earth. It, it, there will never be another great Batman. It, as great as Troy Baker is, he does a close to as possible great Batman as he could possibly be, but there will never be another like Kevin Conroy is just as much as there will be an, there won't be an ever another Peter Cullen for Optimus Prime. There will be others, but there will never come close to how great that character's voice was. Same with um, 
Kevin Conroy, but to Jason O'Mara's respect, he has done a great job. We absolutely, I've enjoyed his uh, voice and accepted his voice as as this version of Batman, and I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty cool. He did another great job, and I loved him as as, um, the new guy, Batman, with the Morbius chair. Just awesome. Uh, Rebecca Romaine uh, continues to entertain with the empowered reporter now. Once again, playing a freedom fighter, much like she did on Flashpoint Paradox as Lois Lane. Uh, She does a really good job, too. Again, another character that I felt like has range, or maybe I just don't recognize her voice as much, but she does. She's always played a really good Lois Lane in in these uh, animated movies, so she stood out as well. And just seeing every other character in the DC animated uh, universe um uh to appear in the film as well everybody i mean there wasn't really a bad voice i think that these in particular that i mentioned just stuck out to me most um but overall everybody's voice in here was top quality even uh shamar moore as uh cyborg he you know, what i like about shamar moore's version of cyborg though is uh he's he's a little bit subtle but it's shamar moore it's like you, you're just putting shamar moore in a cyborg suit he's still a really cool suave conceited dude in there but i love what he's done with the characters it's a different version but he did i like how he paid respect to um the previous voice of cyborg uh which is i forgot the guy the uh, gentleman's name from um the walking dead but you know he he, he got the booyah catchphrase out uh so that was awesome and um everyone else did a good uh they just did a good job didn't stand out in particular but everybody did a really good job in here memorable moments of this movie there's a lot there's a lot of great memorable moments but one in particular that stood out the most was learning that constantine dated king shark at some point i thought that was a really fun moment because everybody thought that he had uh that he went out with harley quinn and come to find out king shark looks at him and winks at him because i mean if you guys don't know or if you didn't don't remember even on the even in the uh legends of tomorrow he's bisexual so he, he, he you know he just he racks up with anybody it's hilarious but of all people he he has no preference king shark was his dude king shark gave it to him <laughs> he gave him the, he gave him whatever <laughs> it was uh that was a thing so superman and the gang meet up with harley quinn and the suicide squad for help so uh, you know adding the suicide squad because if you guys remember i think honestly of all the movies of all the movies that truly felt like it connected to everything within the universe it was believe it or not the the second suicide squad movie because it eventually brought in um reverse flash or eber ebor thong and you know he still had the bullet in his head that you know thomas wayne gave him in uh flashpoint paradox so there was a connection there and i felt that like that was the only true real connection that i felt like it all stemmed together from everything that happened from flashpoint uh in there so uh, i you know it's funny all my notes i did have that the battle the major battles uh, at the end led to almost as many fatalities as mortal Kombat, which is true which is true and on a face on an acmg facebook group i did put out that like this this movie seems to be more mortal Kombat than mortal Kombat to me and i think it was more or less the shock value of who died not how they died in a sense because i after after i watched it the first time 
I needed to watch it a second time because I wasn't truly convinced that I liked it or really felt that it was a great movie at first. But until I watched it, and then also before that, I watched Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge again, which I reviewed previously. And the thing that I loved about this movie, it proved one big thing that if they had the art style, if Mortal Kombat Legends had the art style that they had for this movie, those fatalities on that movie, on Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge would have been so great. And I felt because of the character direction and the art style, it took away, for me personally, it took away the art style in all of the DC animated movies of the 52 series, and especially this one, are fantastic, it, it, which is the same guy who's doing Young Justice. Fantastic. Some of the best we have in our that our country is, has ever offered outside of anime. And when I saw Mortal Kombat Legends, like I like the story. I like some of the uh, character direction. It takes the entire art style takes away from me so bad. I can still watch it, but I can't enjoy it as much as I would had it had some really great art style, much like they did with this. I I, I really wish they would have went with this direction for the art style in this, but it, they didn't and it happened. But we got to see some really, really brutal killings and deaths for some of our favorite superheroes that were dying in this movie, which brings to my point. And I mentioned about a video game. I remember years back, there was a game from NetherRealm Studios called DC Universe versus Mortal Kombat. I liked it. I liked it overall. I kind of understood at the time that DC Comics did not want their characters, their beloved characters to be killed by by, um, those of Mortal Kombat. I don't know if it was mostly because of the fact that they, you got like godlike beings towards like mortal beings but if i'm correct if i remember correct of the storyline of dc universe versus mortal Kombat, they were in a they were all brought into one universe where they're all considered equal much like kind of the storyline with muhammad ali versus superman where they went into a planet where it was inhabited by the red sun so they were equal ground and muhammad ali beat the living crap out of superman just want to point that out but this was kind of in the same in the same breath just like injustice where everybody uh ate a pill that allowed them to have superhuman abilities so here we have this movie which is uberly violent which is it's defying the philosophy and logic and and and, and everything that um uh, in the in the ground that dc created the moral ground that DC created. No violence. Here. Nope. This is damn near rated R. Rated PG-13 or rated R or whatever. Because there was some, F- there was like one F-bomb in, a, in an entire movie, which is something that has never been done in any of the movies before. Because And Raven just snuck that in. But there was a lot of really brutal death fatality moments in here. But I looked at it and compared it to... Um, Mortal Kombat uh, Legends and I was like I looked at Mortal Kombat Legends again I'm like "Uh, you know what Mortal Kombat Legends is still really it's it's over the top violent 
but this one it was more like a the depths in this one to me was slightly more realistic and the just the shock value of who was getting killed in the movie i will not spoil that part it just it was just crazy they really did treat this like an end game and they tried to over like supersede what end game is done in a sense um but it was really deep but seriously like some of the deaths in this movie had me jumping with unexpected shock like i watched this like whoa it, i i think my shock value was more than it was for mortal Kombat because i was expecting you know it's mortal Kombat. you're expecting to see stuff like that so um overall overall this was indeed the anime equivalent to uh adventures in game this is the final installment they wanted to go with a bang and they left with a bang while it was great and it had a lot of great it was a great climatic uh conclusion to the seven year series that it had i i really feel that it failed in its execution to truly make us feel like this was all connected because unlike the the, the narratives it just here's the thing when justice league war came out it was it was based on the original comic book that jim lee uh created jim lee i think jeff Loeb, i think created um but definitely jim lee uh created in the comics and it was awesome i mean they they reflected on that and then they went off into all these different movies now every time you watch the end credit scene there was an end credit scene that showed something else that was coming but it never really stressed that we were all going to lead to dark side doing you know this dark side uh, apocalypse war it was matter of fact in fact we never saw dark side until this time the last time we saw him was the first it was justice league war which was the first of the 52 series everything else was a different story none of it really led it just it was just one story leading into a whole new story with a, a whole new different movie with a whole new different story but still had the same characters in it and each one of them kept doing it kept doing it kept doing it and then every once in a while you had these side movies which also connected to the universe like justice league or suicide squad some of the batman movies of course um they were all separate they were all separate but somehow connected in and it, it just for me it, it didn't feel like if you compare this to what marvel studios have done everything everything from everything from iron man on everything side of it from the netflix shows to ages of shield to agent carter um to the one shots all of those movies showed some connection of everything that was going on in every single movie that has ever come out and all of it was leading into what we all knew was going to be infinity war which didn't lead to endgame and they did this in the most subtle and strategic way whereas this series of animated movies were just separate it felt like separate animated but beautifully animated uh, movies with our favorite people but never really having that connection like something big was going to happen it never led to this it i I, like in fact i i will prove this because i will watch i will possibly watch every single movie that they made leading up to this and never knowing that dark side they were going to go after dark side or dark side was going to be doing something drastic that was going to lead to what was going on in this movie so for me if you yeah and i have to compare it because that's the idea they were doing this as a saga based series much like they did 
with the Infinity Saga. I have to compare it to this, and I think if you wanted, if they were, try, if they were absolutely trying to do that, which it looked like they were doing, I think that it kind of was a, it, it, they dropped a ball on that. But if you individually rate or grade each movie, each movie gets a high grade of a B to a B plus or an A. This to me felt like the only movie that ever really made its viewers realize that all of the movies were from uh, 2013 till now were all connected. And I don't think it did that. I really don't think it did that. Um, all except the Suicide Squad movie, which felt like all of them just felt like a standalone movie, even though there was in credits in it. Um, it. It just didn't have that same strong connection that Marvel Studios had for 11 years. It didn't with and beyond that technically because they're still making movies black widow's coming out and that's still going to be connected to everything that's going on you still have an a, a an emotional investment to the marvel studios movies but it's hard to say that you have that type of emotional investment to the dc animated movies even i can even say this the the arrowverse tv shows have a more has more of an emotional connection to for us fans who are watching those because they followed up everything from they did exactly what marvel studios have done and a any more sort of a a kind of a more diluted way but they provided the same impact because when crisis on infinite earth came it was a major event they did a great job with it and it 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 superseded expectations it was awesome and the effects of everything that's happened there is still going on now so but this, I mean, individually, these are great movies. If you combine them all as one, it's a fail. You, you really don't see it. I, I do not have that emotional connection to each one. But this only proves one thing also. Um, is that although, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it really does. It doesn't hurt to do things exactly the way that Marvel Studios did. It's, it's not like they trademarked that whole thing. If you do that, you'll definitely succeed. But to to dc animated um animated uh credit or wb animations credit they have done a great job with these shows these are some of the best uh comic book based animated tv shows we've ever seen um ever because i mean I, i'm even saying that to in in comparison to the Mar- to marvel's uh tv shows they don't marvel as much as i like some of the marvel shows that are out there and especially some of the uh recent ones quality wise art style wise dc got them this is where dc really really and i've watched avengers assemble back avengers assemble is good but i think because of some the the limitations that they have with disney and they're not allowed to really do or go as far as with the way like if you watch this i don't think marvel disney will allow them to go that far and it's not from a lack of talent or ability i think it's just you know uh, for, uh, based on restriction there but the art style you can't it's it, it's awesome it's always been awesome it will always be awesome from that point from there so if i'm going to give this a grade i would say if as a standalone this was a great movie this was an absolutely great movie it was a great uh conclusion to i guess all of the movies well i actually that's not true it was a conclusion to all this. I wouldn't say this is a great conclusion because a great conclusion would mean that everything following up to it led to an exciting moment. 
but everything just came out of the blue it was a good conclusion to the series because it is connected to all the seven years of the dc 52 universe and i felt like it didn't really connect as properly it hinders the grade here but as a standalone movie it's a beautiful looking movie it's greatly done greatly acted uh and some really great moments it just didn't really give that epic feel that you should have had if all of this was supposed to be a saga so with that said i'm giving this a b plus uh it just because the i to me the object of this movie was to connect everything together that has been going on for years and we were supposed to know exactly how everything was following we don't i can tell you way more trivia about what happened in the marvel uh studios uh, in marvel cinematic universe than what has happened in the dc animated universe because of how everything connected together but i love all these movies i love this one uh it was worth it it's definitely worth checking out go out of your way to check it out and you know you'll fall else it's a dc animated movie they always come correct they just didn't follow up as good as they should so folks that will do it for this edition of talk time live um select start will be back we will be back with some new select star stuff i got some uh games that i will be reviewing hopefully we'll have some news to follow up with the games as well or some things to talk about uh this week i've been playing trial of mana i finally got my hands on it and uh we're going to talk about that and see what i think about it uh because it's another action rpg by square enix and i believe it came out just about around the same time that uh final fantasy 7 came out and I am going to do some compare and contrasting in there. So we're going to be talking about that. But overall, what I felt about the game and, you know, what it's doing and such like that. Uh, a week later, I got I will be getting my hands on the remastered Wonderful 101. I finally I pre-ordered for that. Uh, Platinum Games is uh, cult classic, I guess, because it was on the the uh, the Wii U and not many people got a chance to play it. Now we got a chance to play it. It is the. It is the uh, crowdfunded successful game that has been remastered and coming out. So Platinum Games uh, did it again. I finally get a chance to play it, get to review it. We'll check that out. And of course, a week later from that, another select start episode, which is going to be based on Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath. So I'm looking forward to all that as well. Um, Next Sunday is going to be interesting because I got two movies that I'm probably going to check out and I got to pick one. And I, I, part of me wants to just go straight and do one. One is Scoob, which is um, the animated movie based on the origin of how Scooby and Shaggy met. So I've, I'd absolutely want to check that out. But also Bloodshot, which has already come out, but I never got a chance to see it. And I was really skeptical about paying to keep this but is now they have it available for rent so i'm thinking maybe i should go out of my way to go check that out and see if it really is worth it or not so i'll be for rent for like 4.99 for rent i'm i'm good i'm just skeptical i asked i my critical thinking process was coming in as to whether i really wanted to invest fully on that movie because this is an untested type of movie based on another comic book company uh that i necessarily don't read so I am. I'll. We'll see. I'll surprise you guys and see. But something's going to be talked about and, and reviewed next week. So stay tuned for that. Again, folks, please, 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 
be safe out there stay safe there's a lot of craziness going on right there there's a lot we're losing people left and right that's just the reality of it and we need to keep people as safe as possible for those who want to be out and enjoy life just be patient i know there's a lot of misinformation out there there's a lot of things going on but trust the scientists don't trust the politics please don't trust the politics the politics the the uh the the politics right now out there especially the highest of them all are misleading people in the worst way and i don't trust a lot of what's going on right now but i do trust the science uh because science is all about facts and i you know it just it's they're saying one thing the the, uh, political figures are saying another some of them and it's just all misleading and it's doing some things but just be safe keep everyone safe mask up stay inside as as much as possible i want to be able to enjoy a lot of what's supposed to be going on this year but because of people's impatience it's just going to prolong things longer and it's it's just it's just selfishness going on right now based on people based on a lack of education based on impatience out there it's just let's not be selfish let's this we live in a world right now we could be entertained and we could be occupied doing so much just don't just i mean it's pretty much all i gotta say folks that will do it on behalf of myself this is dax averager i'm sorry so live it right now this is dax Avery josiah saying learn to let go live like and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out here folks talk to you next week and again be safe for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.